The following content was approved by four out of five niggas in the corner store that have no intention of buying anything. Start the show. Sounds about right. Be like that. Them niggas outside of go back go back a ways on you. Niggas outside of Eckerd's. Woo! Yeah, I took it back on you niggas. Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. And I am D. Randall. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Had to had to bust a note on him a little bit, huh? Yeah, you know. Oh, man, I feel you. I feel you. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know the vibes. Y'all know the fucking vibes, bro. Um, wow, it is episode one forty four. One forty four. How was your week, man? Uh, summer is definitely here. Let's just summer say is here. It's definitely here. That is true. I mowed the equivalent of an acre of grass by hand. Damn. And. I am washed. I I don't blame you. this. This everybody keeps saying this is not the sun that we grew up with. <gasps> this heat is different. I don't know. This heat is hella different. I think it's just us that are different. Well, we are a little different, but this heat is fucking ridiculous. Niggas were not just out like we were not just outside in this heat, just only drinking out of the fucking water hose. Um. Having water gun fights, nah, that, that this shit different. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Uh, let's see. This week, I well, I did have an awkward. I had a strange Uber driver. You yeah. know, the world of the unemployed is like an underworld all to itself. Because people in that hustle culture just know you. They just know the look of you. Oh yeah, it was a nigga. It, uh, it was a non-black person trying to get me to apply to the Houston County, to Harris County Sheriff's Department. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that by itself. Okay. I am black. You are. I am a large black man. True. And nothing about me screams police. And I had a Wakanda shirt on at the time and everything. It, the black was blackity black. Mm. And this motherfucker was really talking me up about the about the Harris County Sheriff's Department. Okay. And how fulfilling it is for him and how he never thought he and he, how the benefits are wonderful and how the 401k is and he's never had a job this good. And he was talking the cops up so much, I wanted to jump out of the car. I wanted to jump out of the car in a rolling motion. Okay, that was, that's a little different. And he was like, you've done security before, haven't you? I hate that. I hate that. That's how I know, that's how I know I got to get back in shape. I didn't start asking you that right off the muscle without knowing shit about you. Big man. 
No man, I can't do it no more. Big man. He was like, "What you? So you you you've done level one and level two, huh?" I did level one. And, okay, I, I I didn't get certified for anything. I didn't because there's security that you're just a big nigga and they just pay you a hundred dollars a night or whatever. Yeah, and then there's like certified to do private security, certified to carry as a security uh, as a. Uh, Security officer, that kind of shit. Got you. The that, mall cops. That makes sense. Yeah. You, uh, got, you got flashlight cops, and then you got security guards, armed security. Yeah. And shit. And you got armed security, and then you got niggas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> niggas who can wear black t-shirts. N- correct. <laughs> okay. Correct. I got you. <laughs> I was a nigga. <laughs> you could wear black shirts. Correct. I got you. Um. You know, I was you know, you, I was the nigga that niggas just assumed they walked up to me with the cover, and uh, I will take your money, but uh, I am not the designated person to uh, take your money from. Um, so that was creepy. Um, that was kind of the highlight of my little creepy week. Oh, I did have a friend. I had a friend take me out for for a drink, and she wanted us to know uh, that she does. She is an avid fan of the podcast. Um, but as she's listening, it freaks her cleaning lady the fuck out because she's in her office with all the with, with the sound up. Mm-hmm. So all she hears is explosions and, and air horns. It's like that. So she comes in to check on everything. What the fuck are you listening to? Um, so sorry, cleaning lady. Also, I have friends who have fucking cleaning ladies. Must be nice. Must. What the fuck? They're, I don't bother anybody about how much money they make. I don't bother anybody about, you know, their tax bracket in life. That's not any of my business, and that's not why we're friends. Right. But every now and then, they say some shit, especially when you've known them before they had all that money. Every now and then, they say some shit that's like, how the fuck much money do you make? Like, I remember when I was going to Brooklyn, and she was like, I go to Brooklyn sometimes. I go to Brooklyn. I like, I'll, I'll take a weekend and and go to New York and shop and have all and have all those clothes shipped home. Yep, yep. What? I just buy clothes and whatever fits in my fucking bag fits in my fucking bag. If I buy clothes, like I'm like I'm so cheap, or I'm like I be trying to save space in my bags. I'll pick up the essentials like socks and drawers when I get there. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. J's, man. They don't know nothing about Dr. J's over there on, uh, oh, I guess they're on Flatbush. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a whole big and tall section upstairs. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, where you get all your big tube socks and shit. <laughs> you know, all the, yeah. So, you know, but, uh, so yeah, there was that. Um, not really, not really too eventful because it is too hot for it to be eventful. Mm-hmm. I, I just that's going to be a recurring theme on this podcast: how fucking hot it is. Amen. This heat is a, this heat is disrespectful. This heat is a disappointment to your mother and I. Like, like it's that bad. Um, this heat has problems with Juneteenth being a federal holiday. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh, this heat is trying to remind us 
that the Civil War was not about slavery, it was about states' rights. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this heat does not understand that kneeling had nothing to do with the troops. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this heat thinks that Derek Chauvin got a fair sentence. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Uh, so, starting off with love, uh, flowers go to. Is it Shikari? Shikari? Shikari Richardson. Shikari. Shikari Richardson, Texas native. Let's go. Uh, fastest woman in America. We'll let you be from Dallas. That's okay. Yeah, it, it, it's Dallas, but we'll take what we can get. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, Dallas finally matters. Um, because they have uh, uh, Shikari Richardson, who is the fastest woman in America, who is going to the Tokyo Olympics. All right. Um, there was a lot of talk around the fact that not only isn't she isn't she gay? Isn't she a lesbian? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I think she's a lesbian. I have no idea. Um, not that it matters. I know she's fast as fuck. She fast as shit. She fast as shit. She gave, as a matter of fact, she gave them other motherfuckers a fighting chance. <laughs> She jogged. She she started off jogging. Yeah. She gave them a fighting chance to get ahead. That's what's that's what's wild. It's like her her first gear her first gear is kind of uh every gear after that is just like nah I got you. Cross the finish line, pointing at motherfuckers yeah. and shit. Um, and the first thing she did was run over to her grandmother. Mm. Her grandmother who was in the stands gave her a huge hug. Um. I like that because the first thing she did was run over to someone familiar, to her family, to her people, to go be vulnerable. Yep. Got Fe- on, got on to her knees like a child. Got on her knees like a kid, put her head in her, le- in her grandma's lap. Like, that is, this is, this is the kind of shit that black women are asking us to allow them to be. Um, to be, to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, to be tough when it is appropriate, and to also be vulnerable. Yeah. And you know, and, and a lot of people were talking about she got weave in her hair and full face of makeup. We're talking. We're Who having cares? the wrong conversation. Who cares? Who gives a shit? But also, I think we're asking the wrong questions. Who the fuck is doing her hair? Not one strand was out of place the whole fucking race. Not one. This woman was, there was not a point in a competitive athletic race where this woman wasn't on point. Some of y'all can't walk up the stairs too fast without your shit slipping off. You know, you know that part in the movie where, where the Kung Fu Panda's walking up the stairs? Yeah. And he's supposed to have a big meet up with the villain and he just passes out at the foot of the stairs. Yeah. That's... That's us. That's regular motherfuckers. Yeah. Meanwhile, this woman, this woman had had wind and had had energy to run the race. Yeah. Stunt. Go to her grandmother. Get a hug. Go to the camera, and stunt some more. Man. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Salute this woman. Salute this black queen. The black woman is God. We always say it. Undoubtedly. The black woman is God. Period. Um, so, yeah. Salute to her. 
um, Dallas stand up and a side and a, and a side flowers. Don't say Dallas stand up too much though. Okay, yeah, just, no, that's that's just yeah. one time. Just one time, sit your ass down. You know, y'all still y'all still are embarrassing us with the Cowboys. Yeah. So, um, and another another uh, salute to um, Simone Biles. Man, let me tell you something. Um, the Faustian pact that Simone Biles has made with gravity <laughs> is unreal. Yes. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. I, and she keeps doing shit that no one else on that floor can do. Go ahead. Penalize her for it. Yeah. And she's still shitting on everybody. I mean, they, they were trying to discourage her from doing the shit that she does. And she's like, uh, no, I'm going to keep doing it. And she told them to suck a dick and kept doing yep. it. Uh, so salute to her. Um, yeah, Houston, it's, not even Houston. Texas is just holding it down right now. Texas is just better than a lot of you motherfuckers. Yeah. Look at you, California. Stop talking shit about, stop talking shit about our tacos. Yeah, I, I don't. Stop it. I don't. Call what they have tacos. Stop talking shit about our tacos. Stop talking shit about our barbecue. Oh, they ain't got barbecue. Not at all, bro. They got shit to talk about. Are you fucking kidding me? It's always it's always Cali talking shit. Florida gets in where they fit in, and we just have and we just have a ball. They, I'll never hear Florida people talking shit about the food. It's always Cali people. Cali people and some New York people, but it's mostly like there are a couple of boroughs that get to talk shit about their food. Um, Harlem and Brooklyn get to talk shit. They don't get to talk shit to Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they can talk shit to... Uh, Y'all can talk shit amongst each other. Yeah. Y'all got to head out amongst yourselves. Don't come down here talking shit about the barbecue. Um, although, uh, Brooklyn... Shout out to Dallas Barbecue. Dallas Barbecue is lit. And they have the most unconscionably huge margaritas I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. That is a That is a vase... They emptied out someone's ashes. Damn. And put liquor in that. That that is unreal. Damn. And then they have the little you know they had a little shot glass bottle that they turned up to the little mini bottle of Hennessy. Yeah. That they put it man, and then that and it bro. Them drinks in Brooklyn be hard, bro. Like <laughs> not mad at it. <laughs> Bedford Hall got the most ridiculous Long Island I've ever had. Um Let's see. What we t- oh, uh, humans ain't shit. So this is a follow-up because we didn't get to really unpack it last week and there was more meat on that bone mm. as time went on. Um, the situation with Megan, um, the baby, and Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez got in a car accident um, a couple days ago. Uh, good. So... Oh, poor baby. Some of the... I've been bothered by some of the responses to Megan. Like, Megan isn't mad about nothing. Like, it's a very... Like, like people are really on this whole business is just business and she needs to understand that shit. What's she got to be mad about? Um, the, the So, for those of you that were not listening last week, the baby... Um... <clears throat> A song came out with the baby and Tory Lanez. 
which is, it, I believe it's, it, it's a Tory Lane song with him featuring. And Megan felt a way because apparently, according to her behind closed doors, um, the uh, baby was on her side about the whole situation and had her back and was like, I wouldn't be doing no music with no clown nigga like this. Um, it sounds like a lot of things that niggas say to get pussy. Yeah. yeah. It does. And for somebody that was just lambasted recently, um, accused of only standing up for women to get pussy, I am the one here to tell you that is get pussy. That is trying to get pussy behavior, especially when the song comes out not long after. Now, it is fair to say it was probably the label's decision. It is fair to say that it is Tory Lane's song, so it's not like he was just sitting around saying go. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's not necessarily what you say, and it's not always necessarily what you do. Sometimes it's how you respond. Mm. And he responded talking kind of wild to Megan to the point where Partisan Fonte was going to run up and punt his little ass. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let that be the one. Everybody talking all this shit about the baby, talking about, oh, you know, he shot a nigga. Don't, don't let, don't, you know, don't let the necessary occur and all that. Yeah, but he shot a nigga trying to defend his family. He wasn't trying to go to, he wasn't trying to go to prison on that shit. I always, I always hate that when people are like, oh, he done been before. He done been before. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean them niggas trying to go back. Boozy ain't trying to go back. When was the last time you saw Boozy with the thing on it? <clears throat> Boozy may not be able to avoid that, though. <laughs> if he, he keep it up. He is kind of a dumb nigga. Very true. Side note, did you see where apparently he lost his ID and he was on, he was on vacation in Orlando with his kids? And he puts out a thing on live talking about, hey, man, pull up. Somebody pull up with, with their car. Let me borrow their car for two days. I got $700 for you. What? He went on live and asked someone, asked someone to borrow their car or their truck so he could drive his kids around. Because he didn't have his ID, so he couldn't rent a car. $700. Now, on one hand, that's good money. $700 to rent a car for two days is good money. And it's competitive, It's actually competitive good money because the prices for car rental then got ridiculous um, post-pandemic. And this is y'all's king? Somehow, this is their king. I don't see why he doesn't have people that can do that. Um, but... It was funny at the time. So that's neither here nor there. So Megan. It, it's very nasty to tell the same niggas that tried to convince me that Rory and Maul stabbed their best friend, <laughs> their, the, the person that got them off the streets, oh. Joe Budden in the back for a bag. What happened to real friendship? The boys are breaking up. The same niggas trying to tell me when it comes to Megan, business is just business. Get the fuck out of my face. Be going, son. I'm just saying. 
Y'all gotta decide. And the only and let me let's be real. The only reason y'all have decided this way is because it's Megan. Because when it was yep. fifty cent, and he just went on and he just went on a fucking rampage on anybody that ever did music with Ja Rule. Y'all understood that shit. Mm. And when he did that interview, he was like, anybody who does music, they're my enemy. All of them, my enemy. TC's devils. Y'all didn't mind then because it was 50 Cent. I have never understood quite the cultural allure of how 50 Cent is still in the paint with you niggas. Um, who just does the most piece of shit shit <laughs> with complete impunity <laughs> from you motherfuckers. And you would never let anybody else in the culture do it. I said piece of shit shit. This nigga's the worst, man. But I digress again. I just don't understand for the life of me what the problem is. Why people just hate on Megan so much in particular. And maybe it was Cardi before her. Maybe. And I didn't understand the Cardi hate, to be honest with you. People have always had a problem with women being unfiltered and unpuritan-like. I mean, this goes back to, I mean, even before Megan and, and Cardi, there was Nikki, and, and before then there was Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown, and even before then there was, like, Millie Jackson. Millie Jackson, oh, man, wow. You know? And, and people, people, have, people have always had trouble with women expressing sexuality. Except, well, it, it, this is kind of the dichotomy of it. They want women to be subservient to men and, 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 and I guess to, to appease to men sexually. But they don't want women to express desires of their own. They don't want women right. to, to express a freedom in their sensuality. They don't want women to say, I can bounce my ass for my girls, but fuck you niggas. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that. Um, shout out to black TikTokers who have decided that we're also not going to let the white TikTokers take our shine. And we're not going to do dances for, for thought shit. They, they sure did go on strike. Good for them. And white people are struggling. Oh, they look, oh it looks bad. It looks, like, it looks like deleted scenes from Bring It On. Like, it's bad. When did, when did white people get so bad at stealing shit from black people? When we stopped letting them? <laughs> Check and mate. We see that shit coming from a mile away. Y'all are struggling. If we stopped... If it we, looks bad, man. You know, it's like when we put shit in a spice cabinet and they come to your house like, what is all this? Nah, go and close that cabinet. Nigga, it's Tony Sasseries. Mind your business. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him. <laughs> Don't tell him shit. It's dried hot dog water. <laughs> the, same, the same shit y'all use to season everything else. White folks out here boiling potatoes and things. Uh, oh, remember man. these? these are about, we, apparently, nobody gave them the recipe to potato salad. And these hoes started putting apples and shit in potato salad. Raisins, my nigga. Yeah, like because somebody didn't tell them what the recipe was. Boy, some of these recipes, some of these little recipe TikToks. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Um, I just for the life of me, it's crazy because nowadays. The type of the type of niggas I see running around, Megan is the kind of chick y'all really want to fuck with. Yeah, 
And and who can blame you? Like Megan is really the ideal chick. Like she's like she wants to be out here and have a good time. Mm-hmm. She looks good. She likes dressing like a WWE diva. And she's also in school trying to make something of herself when this ratchet shit is over and minding her fucking business. See, that's where you lose niggas right there. Mm. Oh. Mm. You know what? It is. It's a lot like slavery. Mm. You want them doing doing enough, but you don't want them doing too much. You know, they didn't let the slaves learn how to read and shit. Then they start having ideas. Niggas don't want Megan having ideas. They don't realize Megan. Because they have ideas they ain't got nothing to do with you. Megan is here for a good time, not a long time. And I'm Amen. pretty sure she has plans for shit to do after she's tired of shaking ass for y'all niggas. All I know is when she get out of school and when she's done with this ratchet shit, whenever that may be, that's going to be the best nursing school commercial you ever mm-hmm. saw in your life. Mm-hmm. The ass gonna be out of all the scrubs. Mm. <laughs> that shit gonna that shit gonna look like a like girls gone wild, nigga. That's I'm I'm ready for that. Whatever technical school she she doing the commercial for, that shit gonna be lit. I definitely want to be the angry nigga with the with the snapback in that commercial. You ain't doing nothing. <laughs> You sit there, you're sitting on the couch, you're watching this commercial, you're watching Megan Thee Stallion shake her ass, you might as well call the number. Yeah. It's going to get the worst reviews ever, though, because niggas are going to get to school, and when they, and when ain't, no, ain't nobody with scrubs with their ass out, they're going to drop out in the first two weeks. 80% of the refund. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um... Leave Megan Thee Stallion alone. Just leave her alone, y'all. And and what and is and then it brought back the Tory shit because there are people who still on this shit about how they don't believe her, Bruh, Let me tell you something. Y'all don't need proof with anybody else. Boozy got shot. Y'all took him at his word. Yep. Troy Ave got shot. Took him at his word. All these niggas out here getting shot. Take them at their word. You didn't ask for a fucking medical bill. You didn't ask for a picture. You didn't ask for no. You didn't. You didn't ask for the medical records from the hospital. But somehow you can't believe this shit. Yep. This ain't the and and this isn't that outlandish. A nigga got drunk talking shit and the gun went off. Period. Yep. That's not. That's not outlandish. That's not the worst shit you've ever heard. You you got people in your family with fucked up feet based on stories, based on stories that you've never believed from when they saved, when they when they saved ten, ten little Asian kids from a burning building in Vietnam. Right. But Megan Thee Stallion's hard to believe. Even after seeing the video. Even after seeing <laughs> the fucking video, they pulled the woman out of her car bleeding, and she showed y'all. She showed y'all fuck. Anyway, fuck y'all. Y'all ridiculous. Y'all just don't want to believe this woman. That's what gets me. Y'all just don't want to. Because nobody's come up with a good theory as to why. Nobody wants. Nobody's trying to get get actual shot for publicity. Right. No one. Right. And the only people who are saying that are people who have never gotten shot before. Yep. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. 
and 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 y'all and and watch y'all gonna go right and they're all like, well, if Tory didn't, well, if well, if Tory shot her, why isn't he in prison? Because he's out on bail and the trial hasn't come up yet. Stupid, fucking moron. You hit that with the air horn. Oh well, if Tory isn't shot, then why isn't he? In, why isn't he in jail? Why isn't he in prison? First of all. I hate to be the one to say this again. We have to get past the part where um, actual re- actual consequences from the law yep. determine whether someone's guilty or innocent. Because y'all don't have this energy for George Zimmerman. If you had half the energy for George Zimmerman that y'all had for Megan Thee Stallion, that nigga would be dead in the street by now. Uh. Real talk. If y'all had half the energy y'all have for Megan Thee Stallion or like Darren Wilson... Derek Chauvin wouldn't have made it. No. Derek, Derek Chauvin would be shot on the courthouse steps like Nino Brown. <laughs> Y'all be thinking about the wrong shit. Leave Megan Stallion alone. Leave Megan the Stallion. Also, I'm not going to let y'all just talk this way about a chick from Mo City. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. There are people I don't even fuck with from Mo City. I won't let you talk about them that way. It's all Southside. Y'all better watch the fuck it's out. It's all motherfucking Southside. This ain't no Jersey Village bullshit. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. You don't get this, you don't get this kind of camaraderie out of motherfucking Cashmere Gardens. Yeah, I said it. Can I say one thing that we that we forgot to mention at the top of the show? Go right ahead. And I I beg for forgiveness. Okay. For all my Houstonians, we're recording this on Sunday, June 27th. Happy June 27th to everybody out there. If you don't know what the fuck June 27th means, you don't motherfucking need to know. Mind your fucking business. We should have hit. We should have hit him with one right at the top. I'm just saying, man. We should have hit him with a few bars right man. at the top. <laughs> Draped up and dripped out. No, no what I'm talking talk about. Three in the morning, getting the cash out the stash box. Light up the fat sweet on the Bud Light. Hand on the wood grain. Ass on the tight white. Showing naked ass in the great state of Texas, home of the players. So there never be no plexus. Come on, man. Let's go, nigga. Man. June 27th, baby. Living infamy, nigga. Hip-hop infamy, nigga. <laughs> Y'all ain't got nothing like it. Y'all ain't got nothing like that out here. Looking at you, Cali. Also, Southside stay holding, just in case y'all didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Southside hold it down. I'm sorry, sir. You mispronounced it. Hold it down. Just in case y'all forgot this was a Texas podcast. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is wrong with us? Song of the week. Uh, song of the week. We actually, we're going to start going in the mailbag. Okay. Um, I went in the mailbag for this one. I'm going to go in the mailbag next week. I have to write a reminder for that. Um, which is the name of the song, actually. Uh, submitted to us from Chef Ibersol Fallon. What up, Chef? What up, Chef? Hey, man. Hit the chef up in the DM a couple days ago, man. He said he was coming to town, man. He got some he got some ready to eat meal joints. Really? That he was trying to unload. Oh, okay. And I was like, she Oh, he meal prepping? 
Yeah, man. Oh, okay. How about you boys? Bet. Bet. Okay. That's a bet. Um, yeah, hit Randall up when you get a chance, man. Um, this is Reminder by Jayla Darden. Go ahead and pour yourself something. Get comfortable. Let's go. We're going to have a great show. And we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. And that was Reminder by Jayla Darden. I like that. That little bass line. That bass was right, man. That bass line, man. I'm telling you, it just put me in the mind of a good Timberland bass line. Like, that, that like, mid to late 90s, like, when he was just trying shit on the R&B acts, like, totaling them. Yeah. You know, great thing I loved about Timberland's beats for a long time was that all his shit... Sounded like something genuine passed on. <laughs> well, Missy passed it first, and then genuine. And then genuine. Everybody like, else was like, "I take it, I take it, I take it." Remember when Justin? Remember when Justin Timberlake came out with "My Love"? Okay, now that shit was kind of hard. That shit was hard, and like, 
But at that time, Timberland was like, man, I'm tired of y'all other niggas. I'm just giving it right to the white boy. I mean, get your bag, bro. And it was like, this was when Justin was really starting to have some backlash and shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the culture. Everyone shut the fuck up when my love came on. Even though Genuine was standing outside the studio. <laughs> Talk about what's up, man. <laughs> bro. Wiping his nose. Like that, <laughs> was, we have to admit that just because he was good looking, uh, there was still a time when Genuine was on his Eddie King Jr. shit. Like, nice like this. <laughs> I wish yeah, raindrops would fall. fall. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I'm, let me leave Genuine alone. Because um, crackheads can fight. Um, hey man, <laughs> you probably ain't got to worry about him. You probably got to worry about chicks who still would pay to see him perform Pony today. They, they will put, fight. They'll put hands on you first. They will fight. They <laughs> will fight for Elgin. Yep. That nigga's name was Elgin. Yep. 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 That nigga's name was Elgin Lumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had a name that you gotta have a stage name for. You know what I'm saying? You had to name yourself Genuine, nigga. Oh, oh man. Come on, man. And he was in the yearbook like that with the toothbrush and gel with the wave control. A nigga named Elgin. A nigga named Elgin with that level of wave control just looks like he beats the sh- He's gonna beat the shit out of you. You know, whatever chick passed on him in high school because his name was Elgin Lumpkin <laughs> was sick when Pony came she out. She was hurt. She's like, she was hurt. That nigga upgraded quick. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, boy. Let's see what's going on this week. Uh, some good music this week. Yeah. Uh, most notably, that Tyler, the creator. Oh, hit that with some air horns. Man. Tyler did that shit. Album of the year so far. That is, that is the candidate right now for album of the year as man. far as I'm concerned. That shit was hard. No, I'm talking about no skips. Gangsta Grizzle. And it was a Gangsta Grills mixtape. Like, I, I mean, I like I've never I appreciate what Tyler does and I'm and you know, so I'm appreciative of his craft. I've never been able to say I was necessarily a fan per se. Uh I did fuck with Loiter Squad tough. Um but I've always known Odd Future was very creative. Um Except Earl's sweatshirt. Mm. Um, His gum's too long to box with God. But <laughs> that last Earl sweatshirt album, that was a man. But I remember we had to we had to review that. And somebody got on our ass talking about Earl's sweatshirt. Man. I'm sorry. Maybe he got some. Maybe he got some talent I don't know about in the tub. Um, outside of super rich kids. But that last album. This is not it. This is not it. That nigga is the Eeyore the donkey of rap. <laughs> He's just depressing, man. <laughs> but Tyler is exceptionally talented. It's wonderful. I mean, even I mean, starting from Yonkers on down, man. He's 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 been very good at what he does, and he's one of those people that is one of those rare people that I think actually gets better. With each project. He really is. Each project has a life of its own, has a theme of its own, a sound of its own, and I think he, he, he gets better every time. I was worried about what was going to happen to these guys, these Odd Future guys, um, post-Odd Future, 
um, since they it was weird. They just kind of up and decided that they were over. Well, they're they're adults now. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, they were they when they came out, they were literally kids and fucking lunatics yeah. at that. Like, yeah. they were they were on one every time you saw them. Yeah, I remember um, uh, uh, Tyler's first appearance on Odd Future's first appearance, and I think it was the Jimmy Fallon show. It was a show that they had no business really being on, right? And it, and it was just like the shit was the shit was bonkers. Label was just shopping them anywhere. Like anywhere, yeah. Like they at one point, Tyler showed up on ridiculousness and just stripped down to literally just stripped down to his boxes. They had to make him keep his boxes on. I mean, you have to you have to appreciate somebody who's who's a free spirit, and he is very much he so. is definitely that. And even even on this album, there are, there are a couple of little skits where there's one in particular where his mother is talking, right? And you see that the apple. Fell directly under the tree. There was no distance. <laughs> None. Away from the tree. His people are like that. He just, he, <laughs> that's all he's ever known. Tyler is a lunatic and he is, he was encouraged to be so. He's a brilliant lunatic though. I, mean, I love it. I love it. He's, he's probably, there were no skips on this shit. None. I've listened to it, no kidding, in three days, not even exaggerating, no fewer than 20 times. The features were dope. Um, Juggernaut, Pharrell, yeah, crash that shit. How many? How often in the course of his career can you say Pharrell got on a verse and just ate that shit? Mm. Um, I liked all it, it, even the and he tried a couple of different sounds and like even the shit with Brent Fias was good. Uh, my shit was uh, "Wind Blows Hot" with, with Wayne. Yeah, that shit was so smooth. I I like Wayne's bag right now where he just shows up. Very randomly and mysteriously, mm-hmm. does a feature, crashes it, and vanishes again. We just landed in Geneva. That's <laughs> Switzerland. You know, I like that. Does DJ Drama have a normal tone of voice? By no. The way? <laughs> if he does, I haven't heard it. That nigga got one speed. That nigga is, that nigga is what everybody used to say DMX was. He's hard to hear into some shit. He got to be. He got to be. I, I'm like, like I'm, I'm sure him. And Earl sweatshirt are kin somewhere along the way, because they're they're on opposite sides of that. <laughs> Earl sweatshirt just loud, but sound like he bleeding out. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb, fleece was white as snow. Everywhere the lamb went, man was sure to go. Let me leave Earl sweatshirt alone. Yeah, <laughs> wait, what my ass? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, this was. A, yeah. Shout out to Tyler for manifesting this. He he showed a tweet that he sent out back in 2010, mm-hmm. saying that one day he wanted to make a, a Gangster Grills mixtape, and thus he has, and thus he has. And it, it was weird because when I was listening to it, I and and DJ Drama came out, I was like, huh. And all throughout the album, it was just I was just you just that Gangster Grizzle man. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm start writing. I'm gonna start writing. There might be something to this manifest bullshit manifest. y'all kept you keep y'all keep telling me about. Jess hit me up. Jess was like, "Damien, manifest." I was like, "I am." <laughs> Try it. I'm I'm gonna just start writing shit down in the back of my little notebook. No, I'm I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a a filthy rich podcast producer. No, don't write it in the back of the notebook. Put that shit out there. That's true too. Okay, fair enough. Put let it me, on Twitter. Let me, let me, let me let go hit air horn it. Let me air horn it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Uh, on the way to being a famous podcast producer. Don't be no punk bitch. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, the Justine Sky album. That's out. Yes. I fuck with it. Hey, man. Anything that Tim Bulland produces is on is going to be fire. I am going to fuck with. Um, also, another Justin Timberlake collab. That was fire. Uh-huh. Um, I like him in that bag. Um, just show up, do a, do, a, do a nice little feature, and go away. Yep. This is what we wanted from Robin Thicke towards the end of his career. He could not deliver. Um... So yeah, I, I I like that. It was a it was a very it was a very low key album, but it had all the mechanics of what we like right now. It came out at the right time. It's not necessary. It's a it's a it's not an outside album. It's a af, it's a after outside album. Mm. That's the shit you that's the shit you put on when you come home. A post outside album. A post. Well, I mean, like when you come home from outside. Ah, I got you. You know, you come home from outside, you're trying to chill, pour yourself a little drink. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, that's a chill album. Like I always say, gotcha. that's a that's a that's an album you want to get to know the chick with. Tyler is outside. Tyler is definitely outside. Justine Sky is when you come in the house from outside. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. When the, the streetlights come on. When you bring the chick home from outside. You trying to get to know? You trying to get to know the new chick? Shower first, cause it's hot out Shower there. Shower first, it's hot as fuck. Wash your balls, nigga. Please, it's not gay to wash your ass. It, not at all. Come not on. at all. Y'all gotta stop that shit. I'm seeing too much, <laughs> man. I have seen too much bad hygiene being promoted on social media in the interest of homophobia. Niggas coming out with full Hershey's bars in their drawers, man. It's Y'all got not. Is not. Is not manly or 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 is not manly or or right to have stains in your in your situation. Don't do that. Yeah, man. Don't do that. It's okay. Grow up. Get wipes. Um, I'm just saying. Anyway, take a bath. Take a bath. Take a whole bath. You're grown. You can take a bath or a shower whenever the fuck you want to. Mm. Whenever the fuck you want to. I have a friend. Hopefully often. I have a friend in, uh, I guess, North Carolina-ish. Shout out to Alicia. Um, She will shower every time she goes to the restroom. That's deep. Well, she's got a little, uh, she's a little compulsive. Like, she's got a thing about it. Like, there's a mental health issue there. That's, That's deep. But, yeah, every time. You know, I've I've known I've known people. Do what you think is too much. I've known people who during the summer will shower two or three times a day. You know what? When you when you get sweaty and funky, whatever. You know, like last couple days, I've been mowing the yards and shit. Man, I've I've had to take a couple a day. You know, Um, I took three the other day because I had to work out too. Gotta hey, nothing wrong with that. When I went out um, for drinks, I I took a shower that morning. Because I uh, I worked out, but then I took a shower before I left. Mm-hmm. We're only gone a few hours. By the time I got back, I had to take another shower. Yeah, especially if you're doing any kind of patio outside. Situations. Oh man, you have to you have to be real strategic about where you go. Yeah, because even 
inside. Yeah. If the door opens often enough, it's a wrap. That's it. And after happy hour, when niggas, when, when on Friday night, when niggas are really just showing up at Cyclone and Ayas and shit, that's when it's, it's, it's going to get hot. Yeah. And I think we were sitting under a fan. Mm-mm. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it, it, choose, pick and choose your battles. I have a lot, I have a lot of places on my bucket list, um, that I probably can't afford to be at, but pick and choose your battles. I've seen some of these places and be like, oh no, there's too much patio and not enough inside. <laughs> Alley Cat got that bad. I don't think Alley Cat's open yet, but Alley Cat gets hot regardless of the time of year. Damn. There's not enough. There's not enough inside. It's literally an alley. It, like there's all. It's all outside, and the little bit of inside there is the door is always open. Yeah. So they gotta have that big ass fan in the corner. Um, fifty fifteen. I probably won't be there. They just look like they don't always open. <laughs> Even with the remodel. Anyway. Uh yeah, good Justine Sky album. What else? Uh, Doja Cat. Doja Cat, I like this album. I like this album, uh, Project I think it was Project Red, I guess. The reason I like this album is because it, it, it displays everything I like about Doja Cat. I like Doja Cat as an artist because I took her for granted because I had dismissed her as the moo cow bitch uh, chick. What was, that? what was that song, moo cow bitch? Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still dismissing her, <laughs> and I and so I I gave the album an honest listen, and to me, I'm gonna get dragged for this a little bit. Doja Cat is the artist that I wish Nicki Minaj was. Doja Cat to me comes across as someone who received advice on what she needs to do to become successful. And is following that advice. And is following every step of that advice. With that said, I'm, I haven't listened to the album because I already know what I'm going to get out of it. That's fair. But based on what I've seen since Bitch, I'm a Cow, she definitely has somebody in her corner who's like, hey, on the cool, if, if you don't want to be you know, the chick who's doing splits on stage saying, Bitch, I'm a Cow, and you want to make some real money, uh, let, me, let, me, let me holler at your little mama, tell you something you want to hear. <laughs> you know she's, she's doing all the steps. Yeah. And that's fine. There are like we're so used to an era right now of artists that have been getting it out of the mud that have kind of had to create their own lane. Can Can I start a petition real quick? What's that? Can we retire the usage of the phrase get it out the mud? No. Everybody Apparently has gotten something out of the mud. Oh, is that a, is that a, is that making the rounds? It is. It is rounded. Sir. Okay, right, everyone has gotten it out the mud. Oh boy, okay, everyone. I know that. All right, uh, even people in the desert. It, it, <laughs> nigga, you got it out the sand. <laughs> um, but Doja Cat really is the artist that I kind of wish Nicki Minaj were. She has all the mechanics there. She's got the singing. She's got the rapping. She's got the she's got the dope production. Um, she's got a good team. She does all the right features. She's got all the right features on her on any given project. Um, she's attractive. All her all her uh, all her clothing looks spray painted on. And yeah, 
she does all the she does all the shit that Nikki does and people appreciate Nikki for, but she's not fucking obnoxious. She's a black Katy Perry to me. Oh shit. Mm. Really? Mm. I don't I don't maybe I don't listen to enough Katy Perry to really feel that statement, but I also feel that statement. It's 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 kind of a color by numbers pop music type thing. Like mm. like Katy Perry is not an exceptional artist. She does Katy Perry is following the formula that one takes in order to make that lane of pop music. She's doing what the label told her to do. Exactly. And I, I think Fair enough. Doja Cat is the same way. Fair enough. She's she's winning because the the map ha, because the map has been put out for her to win. Listeners, tell me if I'm right or wrong. All right, all right. Challenge him. Challenge him. I didn't say challenge me. I just said tell me if I'm right or wrong. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But now challenge me. <laughs> Check him. Hold him accountable. <laughs> Whatever. Um, did you see the trailer for Karen the movie? <laughs> Karen the movie. Actually, I actually full full disclosure. That was the lead in, but we watched that trailer together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So BT. Okay, so you, the thing you have to understand about movies and movie making <clears throat> is that anytime, especially this is especially true in horror. Anytime a horror movie does well or well enough or is subversive enough at least to American eyes and ears, it becomes a genre immediately. Mm -hmm. um, this is true. This was true when Saw came out. Mm -hmm. uh, just the recent examples. This was true when Saw came out. This was true when The, the Ring came out. Um, this was probably true when uh, whatever zombie movie came out. Probably, probably Day of the Dead, I, I guess. Know. Vampire movies had a run. Vampire movies, yeah, absolutely. Uh, vampire movies with vampires that are sensitive and in love. All this, all and these sparkling shits. sunlight and sparkling the fucking sun. What the fuck were we thinking? I was. Uh, I wasn't. I. Um. But, and now the same has become true. For subversive racial movies like Get Out. Mm -hmm. Get Out has essentially become a genre now. I was worried that it was going to become a genre when Antebellum came out and they basically did Kendrick the remix featuring Janelle Monet. Um don't forget about them. And them I have still not watched them. I can't I'm not I'm doing not I'm to. not doing that. I'm not. Um the side note, sometimes we just sometimes when when we don't watch a thing I know, you know, this is where we talk about pop culture and shit. There are going to be some things where we don't feel compelled to participate uh -huh. just because we talk about pop culture. Soldier Boy and Bow Wow happened last night. I did not watch that shit, and I can guarantee you, Randall definitely didn't watch that shit. I guarantee Thank you. Thank you for doing me so well. I did not even have to look up <laughs> Thank you for doing to get so a well. nod to know that Randall did not participate in that shit at all. Somebody actually texted me yesterday and said, this verse is, is so good. And I was like, who? And they said, Bow Wow and Soldier Boy. And I went back to what I was doing. As I, you should have. I didn't even respond to the text. I, I was just like. See, see, the thing is, for Randall... This was never his music. For me, I was exactly in my 20s in college 
when this music was a thing. And the problem for me was this was when I had come into my own in my taste in music. And when I heard Soldier Boy, this is when I, beyond a shadow of a doubt, threw my radio away and have never had a, owned a radio in my room, in my home ever again. Wow. Um, I knew it was coming. Like, it was, it was the culmination of all this music that I was hating. Mm-hmm. Like, the Laffy Taffy. I knew that was the beginning. <laughs> when the Laffy Taffy, I was like, oh, oh, I'm about... I'm I'm about to be a real wet blanket old motherfucker. I know it. Yeah. Welcome. Um, rest in peace, Shorty Low. And Soldier Boy was the culmination of everything I hated about Top Forty music. Everything. Everything. He's it's terrible. And everybody always wants to tell me, oh, he's a trailblazer because he revolutionized getting on uh, via YouTube and social media. That's wonderful. And I don't give him too much praise for that because it was going to happen one way or another. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't him, it was going to be somebody in his age bracket like him. Hey, at least it was a black person. It was a black person. That's true. So I'm not impressed by that. And then everybody said, oh, this is how he got on. But the music isn't good. Well, as it we, just sounds fucking obnoxious. As we've seen many examples of since then. The hey, not turn my swag on. I hated that fucking shit. Sorry. No, you. No, you gotta I had to get it out. I had to get it out. You gotta get it out, man. It's, it's on your chest. So there are gonna be some things that we just we're not curious about at all. That does not pique our intellectual curiosity. It never will. And Soldier Boy is one of the most annoying, obnoxious human beings, even when he's not rapping, that I don't want to see that shit. You! And then on top of that, you have Bow Wow? <laughs> Who? Bow Wow didn't age. Bow Wow is. Bow Wow still looks like a grown ass kid. Like on some Benjamin, almost some Benjamin Button shit, except. He's not Brad Pitt, so it's sad. He just got that fat face. Now I did. Now I will say, as long as I'm shitting on everything, um, let's go. I did. I, I did see they they wanted to make it a big deal. Soldier Boy's special surprise guest was Little Fucking Romeo. Oh, exactly, Little okay. Romeo. <clears throat> Who looks like the most adult nigga on that stage? Okay. Um, hmm. I have to, like for all the shit I talk about these washed little kid rapper niggas. Little Romeo looks looks and acts like a mature, grown adult human. Hmm. It's sad that that's where that's where the bar is, but that's where the bar is, and. The ladies, I'm sorry, y'all. Bow Wow's special guest appearance was a Marion. Oh. Oh, they lost their fucking shit. I'm going to admit something. Before we get into the rest of the shit. I'm going to admit something here. With the appearance of a Marion. And only only because I was just having this conversation with my friend the the other day over drinks. I have to admit that I have been a little hard on Amarion. 
been a lot harder on Omarion. Here's why. I made, I went out of my way to dislike Omarion because of his proximity to Marcus Houston. Yeah, he's not Marcus Houston. And I've everyone anyone who listens to this podcast long enough knows I've always hated Marcus Houston and will continue to do so. Um and I hated on Omarion because of his proximity to Marcus Houston that Marcus Houston always brought him in like, oh, this is my younger brother. Even though they're not really brothers. Thank goodness. Um, I, they, they, I think they might be like cousins. Or I don't, they're, they're not really related. Niggas have weird family dynamics. Yeah, man. And uh, so I always hated him on purpose for that very reason. But when you look back at the history of Omarion... Outside of B2K, and there, and there was a couple of bangers I liked from B2K. But when you look at just the history of Amarion as a solo artist nigga, I kind of, I fuck with him. Yeah. I liked Entourage. I liked Icebox. Icebox where my heart used to be. Don't go, I'm so cold, I'm so cold, I'm so cold. Timbo the King. Another one, another Timbo classic. Same. I've, I mean, I didn't like that oh shit, but I I fucked with Omarion. And Omarion, for all the shit I talked about him, has over the years really been a nigga that just minds his business. You don't really hear about Omarion in any bullshit himself. That shit with April and Lil Fizz, that was some shit they kept going and perpetuated for the sake of, of TV time. And for the sake of staying relevant in the Monaverse. Amaria didn't have or want anything to do with that shit. And a lot of his lack of response was because he knew that reality TV was going to take that and drag it for all it was worth. He's probably preparing for the Millennium Tour anyway. He is absolutely prepared. That was absolutely... The, the ending to the, what I... From what I heard, the ending of that verse was absolutely... A gearing up for the Millennium Tour, one hundred percent. That was a rollout. Y'all, let me know how it is. Agreed. Um. So yeah, I do owe kind of not an apology, but I do have to kind of mea culpa about Amarion. Just hit him with a my bad. I, my bad. I, I fuck with I fuck with Amarion. He had that little that little spot on Black Lady Sketch Show. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. He's, he's funny. He doesn't have to take himself seriously. So I go ahead and hit Amarion with the air horns. Touch. Um so uh let's see. Karen the movie. So oh. we watched this shit. <laughs> Just a trailer. We watched the trailer. Cause like I said, horror movies always have to spawn a genre. And any genre of horror movies has to spawn knockoffs. I think that might have been our greatest tangent ever. Of all fucking time. How do we go from Karen to Amarion? To Amarion, back to Karen. Okay. Um, so, like I said, genre spawns, a uh, uh, movie spawns genre, spawns knockoffs. Mm-hmm. Get Out has become a genre. Correct. Get Out was original. Get Out was subversive. Get, uh, Get Out took racism and made it the monster of the week in itself. And for those of you who don't know, Karen is about a black couple that moves to a neighborhood 
and they meet a white neighbor named Karen, played by Taryn Manning. What on earth, Taryn Manning? That's how you. That's how we knew this was about to be some bullshit. And it's exactly what you think it's about. The third most interesting chick in Crossroads. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, it's exactly that. It it look as as someone who is putting his feet into film production. Fucking air horns. I don't want I don't want to be too critical of other people's efforts because those people are in lanes that I want to be in. And you have to see them somewhere at the top. Yeah, but I I just if for me this is I don't know, I, I feel like it's poorly timed. I, I feel like it is just a just a watering down of, of something. It's 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 coming out on BET distrib- distribution. It's directed by a black director. Did we know anything that that director had done? I didn't look it up. Okay. Um, it does not look well produced. But how uh, this has been my problem with, with BET on a lot of levels is that BET takes what other people have done and doesn't do it quite as well. Um, you know, it takes what, what MTV has done. <laughs> Uh, right with half the effort and budget and and this one it seems like it, it's taken an idea you know I, I would say inspired by Jordan Peele and his genre of, of horror and, and 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 just and just made it too too on the nose correct you know uh, I just I don't know and let me also say as long as we're talking about it funny enough the BET awards are actually happening tonight I probably won't be watching it. I won't be. Um, the BET, I, and this is a marketing problem, and this is a marketing problem because, ironically enough, I feel like there aren't enough Jamals in the room <laughs> or the Jamals that are there should not be there. Um, I feel like BET should never be behind the ball. Yeah. Everything about that trailer, everything about the rollout, Everything about that felt behind the ball. Everything about it felt three steps behind the times too late. Yeah. If you were going to be dropping a knockoff, you should have been dropping a knockoff post in the year of Get Out. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, BT should have their finger on the pulse in a way that even if the movie isn't good, there should be some hype on it. You know who did this really good? Netflix. That trailer for The Harder They Fall. Ooh, yeah. Did you see that shit? I did. Everyone saw that shit, no matter how you felt about any one part of it. And there, are, there are some people that feel a way about Zazie Beetz and her role so and her role in it. Because apparently that's based on a real person. And that real person was dark-skinned. Because, um, you know, the woke police won't let us have shit. Um... That even no matter how you feel about it, when everybody saw that trailer, that shit was fucking hype. Yeah. Everybody was hype about that shit. Regina King out here out here dumping niggas out, busting ass. You could have stopped right there. And I would have been like, oh, sold. Idris out here? Mm. You know. Come on now. Idris? Come on. Everyone was sold. Regina King and Idris in the same movie. Everyone was sold, period. And the rollout for it, the commercial, the trade, everything was fire. They knew how to do that. 
this Karen shit, everything behind it felt half-assed, half-hearted, like some shit we tried a year ago. I bet you they actually passed that idea on to people like some actual name brand actors. And they all were probably like, mm. oh, we're going to hear in five years that they were all like, yeah, they yeah. wanted me to do that shit. Courtney B. Vance was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they probably they probably even approached Mike. Like this, that it looks like some shit they would have approached Michael Ely for. Hell yeah. And he was. Hell even, yeah. He would have even been like, yeah, I don't know about this one. Y'all talk to Jesse Williams yet? No. <laughs> Cause you know Michael Ely nowadays Michael Ely gotta do a movie like that Him and Morris Chestnut Seems like they gotta do a movie like that every year Oh yeah Where somebody's Where either somebody's a stalker Or someone's (laughs) trapped in a house (laughs) Bonus points if you can get Gabrielle Union I was about to say (laughs) Remember when when they did Taraji P. Henson is is trapped in a house And then the very next year They did Taraji P. Henson is trapped in a house Starring Gabrielle Union Yeah <laughs> that was a bunch of bullshit. Idris Elba was a serial killer. They did. They did a. They did the the black nigga version of single white female. Shit, they've had Beyonce trapped in the house before. Beyonce was trapped in the house with her stalker. Rosario Dawson was trapped in the house with her stalker. Hmm. Uh, Michael Ely was not only a victim, but then in another movie, he was he was someone's evil stalker. Morris Chestnut was the other was the other man. Oh God! They, it's, it's it's one little circle that just huh. they they just spin the bottle to see who gets to take this next bullshit because huh. <laughs> they can't get nothing else. Shout out to Morris Chestnut. We're on to something here. We are. On, I'm telling you, I'm, we're gonna see it. Or we're gonna see another one, and it's gonna roll out. And watch, is we're gonna see the trailer and the rollout for it late February. The shit gonna drop in March, <laughs> March and April. It's going to be a bunch of bullshit, and we're going to see it playing a million times a day on Bounce and BET by July. And video on demand. And video on demand, of course. Um, what else do we have here? What else? Uh, we'll see in the rundown. Okay. I feel a way about Tom Brady and Chelsea fucking Handler being on the shop. The HBO the show. The HBO show. LeBron show. LeBron and Maverick Carter's show where niggas talk shit and, inter- and they do interviews in a barbershop. Tom Brady and Chelsea Handler. Now, I did watch a little bit yeah. of the episode. I see Tom Brady is on his, is on his comeback tour of trying to convince people that he, in fact, has a soul. He, he is definitely on his I'm just like you tour right now. Facts. Exactly. You know, when I... When he I, even tried to dirty himself up a little bit. Yeah, when I realized I wasn't going to be in uh, New England anymore, I was like, fuck it. I'll show you guys I can do it without you. I'm going to go around and be likable. I, You know, I... I and I, I'll, I'll let you get into your reasons on why you had a problem with it. I, I will say though that there has been a precedent on this show. They, they've had other non-blacks on the show. They've had John Stewart and Jimmy Kimmel. They even had Rob Gronkowski on there. Okay, so two of those I'm going to make exceptions on. John Stewart. I'm never mad at John Stewart being anywhere because John Stewart can be in a in a 
in, in a in a certain context where he gets it. Yeah, John Stewart is always no matter what culture he's he's kind of mingling with. He's always giving me the impression that he gets it and he understands what they're trying to do and he's not trying to center himself or take up space or talk over anyone. Even though he is a big, bombastic personality Mm -hmm. that has that ability. Rob Gronkowski, I don't understand what it is with white people and Rob Gronkowski where some days he will just be on a press tour. He's the ultimate frat boy. He's just everywhere. Like, one day, I remember he was at a White House press conference. Just standing next to Sean Spicer for no fucking reason. I shit you not. Y'all know I watch Ridiculousness. There was one time when they had a they had a guest in mind. And the dude literally said, well, we had a, we had a guest in mind, but they couldn't make it. And this dude just happened to be around. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Gronk just hanging out. Uh, and what gets me is that he's just always everywhere and still manages to be a good football player. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else that's nobody else that's out and around that much is ever ever goes back to be a good athlete. Tyrone Woodley was just out and about, and Tyrone Woodley been getting his ass whooped for the past year. <laughs> the Ball Brothers, well, the Ball family. Well, Lamelo got rookie of the year, so yeah. okay, fair he'll, enough. He'll be all right. All right, all right. Lamelo's all right. Never and, mind. You know, he's also Lamelo. is also uh, messing with Ch- Tiana Trump, apparently. Oh yeah, good for him. It hit him with the air. So he def- I, f- he def- I find Tiana Trump a little annoying, but he I, definitely good for has you. herpes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. But I, to, more to the point, my issue with Tom Brady and Chelsea Handler being on the shop is these two in particular are like the epitome of whiteness. Tom Brady is the is everything I hate about white people in football. And Chelsea Handler likes black dick. And Chelsea Handler. <laughs> That's the whitest shit ever. Chelsea Handler has been has been trying to solidify her proximity to to blackness for years she's like she's like a version of what lena dunham tried to be she's got like because she's got like 15 books about her about her um running around looking for dick Lena Dunham wanted at the beginning of her career with the way girls was set up at first. Lena Dunham very much wanted to be that subversive, but full figured. I can get dicked. She wanted to be Amy Schumer, but she's just so blah. She, I mean, she very much is. That's why it didn't work. And Chelsea Handler has been more successfully doing this. Um, I don't want to see even the picture they show you. I don't want to see Chelsea Handler on her fifth face. <laughs> Chelsea Handler's fifth face sitting around talking to Maverick. Uh, she got that old neck. <laughs> God damn. You know, Nora Ephron, um, uh, famous humorous Hollywood writer, 
past, probably in the past uh, five, six years, I guess, maybe, um, she always had that running joke. She had a whole essay about, you know, you can, you can, you can fix your face, you can fix your boobs, uh, you can take fat from one place and put it in another place. You can't do shit about your neck. Mm. However old you are, it's all going to show up in your neck. Yeah. And Chelsea Handler's neck is like Dorian Gray. I said it. I said it. Chelsea Handler's neck is like Dorian Gray. Every every year she's aged, every dick she sucked, every every pregnancy scare, every everything that's everything bad that's happened to Chelsea Handler, it's just all like, just gone straight to her just neck. Makes, makes her older. <laughs> it's all gone straight to her neck. It's like it's like what uh. Uh, Charlize Theron was scared of in in, Char- uh, in Snow White and the Huntsman. Damn, why she always she was always bathing in that milk shit. Black dick ages you. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Just fifty cents. <laughs> just saying. Um, so it bothers me so much because I understand that the network is probably pressuring LeBron and Maverick to branch out. I understand that um, that. LeBron and Maverick probably want to branch out and 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 widen this brand. Um, that's what happens when you have when you get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. You want to keep your foot in the door. But the only reason I have such a problem with it is because the backdrop and the theme and the premise are so integral in integral to what black man culture is uh-huh. it's the barbershop it's literally Cedric the Entertainer said it in that movie it was literally the black man's country club it's the only place no matter who you are uh, uh, woke nigga hotep whatever you can come to the barbershop and talk your shit as the closest thing I've ever seen black men have to a safe space it's the only place where I would be comfortable Sitting in the same space as Draymond Green's horse mouth ass. <laughs> who was also there. Oh, because, boy. It was just a lineup of niggas that Randall hates. Yeah, Kid Cuddy. <laughs> Fuck him, too. But the beautiful thing about the barbershop is you can flame everybody. and then you, you can. And then you dap up and you go home. <laughs> and, right, and tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. And if you see that nigga on the street, it's probably all good. Yeah. No matter what, no matter where you work, class, all that shit, yep. none of that shit matters at the barbershop. You could get you could get roasted. However, that was the best thing about coming to America is that this nigga walked in, this nigga walked in as the prince of Kunta. Zamunda. Exactly, this nigga walked in as a prince, and his daddy walked in as a king. They didn't give a fuck about none of that shit. Mm-mm. Oh, you talking about old Africa? Oh, he stay up the street. Nigga, can you get them rose petals off my floor? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and and that it, the the barbershop is like the great equalizer. And some of the craziest times I've had, I had in a barbershop. Shout out to Cos. <laughs> I'm o- I could only be talking about Cos. Yeah. Shout out to Cos. Um, and this feels like. Like I said, John Stewart, okay. Gronk, weird. 
but okay. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Seth Rogen, he's kind of adjacent. He got, he got the weed. He's the weed. Yeah, player, you know. He's he's always been kind of adjacent to hip hop culture. He's always gotten it. Yeah. We we've given him flowers on this podcast. He's always gotten it. So yes, he can probably stop by. But the whitest of white people feels like an egregious encroachment on the culture. It feels it just my flesh crawl looking at Tom Brady and his fucking perfect hair trying not to look perfect. I was I was going to say if you're going to if if you're a white dude coming into a barbershop you better get a fade when you're in there. Bruh. I'm just saying. Bruh. Just not from that barber. Because that barber don't that, that barber on the shop ain't doing shit. He wasn't touching anything. But I'm just saying, if you're a white boy coming in the shop, you better catch a fade. Cause this ain't this ain't visions or visible changes. One hundred. This ain't sport clips. Yeah. You know. Uh what what's the other motherfucker? Um mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I don't know what white people do for haircuts. I Anyway, visible changes. Yeah, I guess so. Sport clips. A a, a, a chain barber shop. Yeah, I ain't I'm, never heard of that shit. Yeah, niggas out here getting beers and pedicures. Why are you getting the uh, cigars? Maybe. I'm just saying they get all this extra shit. No, you gonna, motherfuckers. You gonna like get some... you gonna get conversation and bootleg DVDs. One hundred percent. That's what you get. That's right. Bootleg DVDs. Maybe when you maybe the flower guy will stop by. You can get your you can get your girl something for taking yeah. too fucking long. If you gonna get if you gonna have something to drink, you better bring it yourself. One hundred, one hundred. You and better bring something for. I'm saying, bring your barber something. You know, bring him something and drink that shit over there, man. Don't drink that shit over here. You are gonna spill that shit all over the place. Exactly, exactly. You gonna be the motherfucker to sweep this shit up too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just it it just felt wrong. It felt like an encroachment. And Tom Brady trying to be likable. It makes him even less likable than he already is. <laughs> He's already like, oh, God. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. In, in case you haven't noticed, I really do hate everything Tom Brady stands for. I really do. <laughs> He's everything I hate about the sport, about white people in the sport of football. He's Homelander. <laughs> he is exactly Homelander. He is Homelander. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I you know, I just hate he's he is the epitome of white athletes being lauded and put on a pedestal for things that black athletes do every day yep. for little to no respect. Um I'm not saying that he's not good at what he does. He is. He's a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. Um where did he go after Tampa? Okay, yeah. He was good up until then. Um, yeah, he's, he's still good. He's, okay, okay, he's still good. He still made it to the Super Bowl. He's still, yeah, he's, he's still a good quarterback. But there are good black quarterbacks that do not get any, almost any of the passes yeah. that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning before him got. We were just talking about that shit where everybody was so mad when Cam lost the Super Bowl. And he didn't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. Peyton Manning left the building. Yeah. Didn't shake nobody's hand. Mm-mm. Left the building and nobody said shit. He's just passionate. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my it's just, face. It's just hard to deal with something like that, you know. Yeah, fuck You Tom. put all your heart into it for an entire season and then it comes down to this. And black people, we give Tom such... Well, the Tom fans... 
and the Patriots fans, which I don't understand, give Tom such a pass for his bullshit. And I've never understood why. I've never understood why he gives. And it's part of why I eject myself from football conversations. Because Tom Brady gets a lot of passes for what could be sure considered a meritocracy. But it's like you could be the biggest piece of shit alive, but you're winning. And something about that feels wrong to me. I think we talked about this a little bit with like the Michael Jordan conversation and the Kobe Bryant conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels, it, it, it just everything wrong about Tom Brady. It just it creeps me out. And I don't even have to talk about Chelsea Handler and like, and ugh, I, I blame 50 cents penis for doing that to her. Um, uh, what else we got here? Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has a rum line. Uh, he trademarked Juve. He trademarked the name Juve, which is, uh, in, in other words, or Carnival. Okay. Uh, for my non-West Indian adjacent people. Um, Carnival and Juve is, of course, um, it's basically, it's basically Mardi Gras for West Indians. Yeah. And we all know how, uh, New Orleans people feel about Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, homecoming for Southern niggas. <laughs> and so he trademarked the name Juve for his rum and was dragged. Really? Dragged for it. Particularly from Trinidad and Tobago people. Particularly. So, like, if somebody made a Mardi Gras rum, you think they would get dragged for it? No. No, this is America. This is America. You're not. You're not in America. You're not in the club. You're right. Until your shit has become homogenized with everybody else. You're correct. You're correct. They sell man, they, bro. They sell king cakes at fucking Kroger. That's true. You know what I'm saying? The the baby isn't even hidden in the cake. And so they dragged him, and I didn't understand. And they called it cultural appropriation, and I didn't completely understand it at first. Um, even though I, you know, I'm of course a big aficionado of West Indian culture. Um, no, it's not. That does not just mean I love West Indian women. Um, that too. But it, so I asked a friend of mine who is in fact from Trinidad about this. Um, and she, she had the most to say and she actually had words she had bars for this that actually don't have a lot to do with Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Because if I'm, if I'm interpreting her right, and I don't want to like paraphrase, if it wasn't Michael B. Jordan doing this, it was going to be somebody else. True. One. And two, and this is really my add, in, my add on to this, Michael B. Jordan's turnover in the face of problematic shit is impressive. He doesn't try to stand on no strong and wrong shit. He's a reasonable person. Like, yeah. like when he realized he's not he's not as read into something or he could have said something differently, he pivots very quickly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't educated on the thing. I'm getting educated on the thing. If I offended anybody, I am very sorry. And moves forward. And then just, yep. And goes right back to fucking Lori Harvey. Hey. Um, I mean, if I was fucking Lori Harvey... A lot of this shit probably wouldn't phase me either. Most shit wouldn't. Most shit wouldn't. 
Um, so his pivot, his pivot and his turnover on that was impressive. But talking to my friend, she was like, the problem is, my problem isn't even with him. He was wrong, but my problem is with the culture. Because, and she put it this way to me, name, how old were you when you realized that steel band, that steel drum bands weren't just a Jamaican thing? They're not? Uh, exactly. My answer was I was today years old when I learned that. Oh. It's not a Jamaican thing, even though anytime you see Jamaicans on television hmm. being represented on television, on commercials or whatnot, they have a steel drum band. This is a Trinidadian thing. Did not know that. This is a Trinidadian thing to the point where at Juve, um, there is a steel drum band contest. It's a big deal. And this was a big deal to her because she was like, I fly home for this shit. Like, this is a part of my childhood. This is a part of my culture. This is a part of my identity. She was like, Juve and Carnival, to me, and people, and a lot of people from where I live, is like homecoming for you. Oh, makes sense. I, and it's true. It's true. I, you can't tell me shit about homecoming. Um... I will be I will be fifty with the other fifty year olds <laughs> and the cooler <laughs> and the cooler kicking it uh to mobile city ounce. Damn. And so I'm not that fucking old, guys. And so um I understood in that context, but her larger problem was that the Ministry of Tourism wasn't going to take any steps. Now that Michael B. Jordan has backed off of this, now that he's backed off of the trademark and now he's backed off of the name, you would think this would be their opportunity to reclaim Juve as an identity and as a name. Mm -mm. And that they're going to get that trademark and nobody, no outsiders can fuck with it. That's not the case. Nah. And her, the, her comparison with the steel drum band was that there, there's not enough initiative on the part of the culture there, on the part of the ministry. I didn't even know there was a ministry of tourism uh, for Trinidad. It makes sense. But it, it does. It very much makes sense. Um, there's not enough initiative to claim these things. She, she put it, she was like, it's like, that, it's like that abusive boyfriend that don't claim you in public but will fight at the bar for you and then go back to ignoring you. Um, and there's not enough. And, and it, it was just a, it was a, it was a strange thing because even in that Michael B. Jordan was wrong. It's one of those things where, yeah, we don't take good enough care of gatekeeping it, but it's still ours. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, I, I suspect Michael, Jordan's, Michael B. Jordan is a decent dude and he's going to educate himself on these matters. But I just thought that was an interesting perspective to look at it from. Tell your friend I said Wagwan. Um, I should also warn you that maybe not her, but we do have a few listeners that implore us, mm -hmm. us both, to stop the West Indian accents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I will stop. They want us to stop that shit so bad. 
Does that mean we get to double down on them? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you know us. Watch out. Um, no, that uh, see. They, we the top. See, that's why they hate us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the Britney Spears conservatorship uh, thing gets a little worse every time I hear about it. Shit. Every time I hear about this thing, first of all, I, I always think it's over. It gets a little worse every time you hear about this shit. Bruh. Apparently, she, uh, there was some leaked audio this week? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's getting worse. So, apparently, um, they keep her drugged up. Um, sounds about right. They keep her drugged up. They will not let her remove her IUD. Can't get pregnant. Yep. Can't Drink. get pregnant. Um, she wants to have kids. That in itself is horrible. It's is is. worse. And um, she aired her shit out on social media. There was some, there was some audio leaked. Um, it's getting bad. Justin Timberlake, shut the fuck up. All that shit was she, me and Jess, or me and Jess extend our best wishes. Yeah. Look, you know, you shut the fuck up. Honestly, Jess was like, uh, don't put my name in that shit. But I would say Jessica Biel don't want part none of this shit. Shit. She, yeah, I don't even, I don't know that chick. Yeah. Quit, quit bringing me up when you talk about your old work. Because next you're going to be trying, because next you're going to be wishing Alyssa Milano well. As a matter of fact, put the phone down, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Um, it, this is getting worse. And I, I don't feel good about this on two fronts. The first one, I was having this conversation with my mom. And my mom was like, well, you forgot. I mean, and this is kind of your generation. You forgot that she's under that conservatorship because she went crazy. No, she didn't go crazy. That didn't. She didn't. That didn't happen by herself. If she went crazy, she went crazy for two reasons. One is us, the people, because she was. She became a star at the dawn of social media. Yeah. At the dawn of social media, where everybody is fucking watching you. Where everybody's watching you, everybody has an opinion and a story about you. Where the twenty-four hour news cycle was taken to ridiculous, uh, ridiculous extents, and that would drive anyone crazy because nobody before that had ever gone through anything like it. And Britney was on everything every five minutes, everywhere, everywhere. Draws, soda, cereal, cartoons, whatever. Britney was every motherfucking where. So one, we probably drove her crazy. Two, her parents 100% absolutely motherfucking drove her crazy. Mm -hmm. Her parents have always been well-documented stage parents that were clearly after the bag yep. and tried to push her little sister through that. You know, it's when you seen her. She got, she, she got out while the getting was good. All that Zoe 101 bullshit. Um, her parents absolutely drove her crazy. Yep. You don't get to throw you don't get to throw me in the facility and then and, and then wonder why I'm here and then tell me it's for my own good. No, 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 fuck all that. They pissing on her leg and telling her it's raining. And she's not and she's not uh, of sound mind because of the drugs enough to fight back. The other front I hate this on is that Let's take Britney Spears out of it for a moment. 
this is how America feels that people who cannot necessarily take care of their own shit mm-hmm. have to be treated. This is how America feels and in this country where, I, where I'm always talking about how special needs is not, is not emphasized enough for someone who has a special needs person in their home. This is scary to me because this is how America feels people who have who need extra care should be treated. Yep. And the only reason Britney Spears is getting this attention is because it's Britney Spears. That is correct. And there are people at home who are not Britney Spears who are being controlled essentially throughout every day of their life. And and nobody's there to speak for them. This shit has to change. And if it takes Britney Spears or whatever to change it, or uh, us knowing about Britney Spears' plight to change it, so be it. But this shit has to change. There has to be more humanity in the way we treat people who ne- cannot necessarily always help themselves. Because this is gross. Yep. Whether she's a celebrity or not, this is... It's, it's intolerable. It's, it's nasty. 100%. Um, so, um, shout out to her, um, well wishes. I, I, I don't even know what can be done at this point, but something needs to be done for her. I, that's, that's really frightening and it's frightening and it's frightening for young people that listen to her, that maybe, that maybe idolize her and all this stuff. That's got, that's. I, it's hard for me to think of them watching that. Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure her fan base is even more mobilized now. Yeah, and we'll, we'll probably start seeing more conversation around this. I'm I'm pretty sure that shit will eventually work out in her favor. That's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm definitely praying for her. Um. One. Let's see what I got. Did I get everything? One last thing. Okay. Uh. Rachel Lindsay is getting some shit. Rachel Lindsay, the former Bachelorette. Oh, that's what it is. The 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 podcast with the uh, van. Yep. Um, she is definitely as a former contestant. Um, has on um, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Um, she's definitely been one of the most outspoken about the Bachelor franchise and some of their problematic and some of their problematic issues with race and gender. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a she did an interview with the New York Times, um, where she was talking a lot about her experience on The Bachelor, which should come as no surprise. There was a lot of fuck shit involved. Um, it wasn't really like an expose or anything. It was just kind of her recounting um, some things that she felt like was a problem. And she's been very open about all this shit. She told you know she always says on her podcast that when she talked to the producers about going forward with her being on the show. She's like, y'all have a, y'all have a, a problem in the producer's room as far as race and as far as gender. Uh, so it's not like any of this is a secret. Uh, having said that New York times ran, ran the article, but 
they kind of went sensationalist, the sensationalist road with it. Um, this is actually from her Instagram. This is her. She can tell you better than I can. Um, I worked with New York Magazine very closely. It was New York Magazine. I thought it was Times. Very closely on a cover feature where I was given the opportunity to tell my story and share my experience with the Bachelor franchise. It was deeply personal, but I felt it was important to share. While it was a very collaborative experience, they decided to misrepresent me with the headline that was chosen for the cover. The headline chosen for the cover is, I quote, I blew up the Bachelor. Right. Okay. Those are not my words, nor are they a reflection of how I feel. In fact, it is in stark contrast to the context of the piece. For me, it is very disappointing and disrespectful that the very notion I was trying to refute was used against me by the publication for a clickbait headline. My truth and my thoughts are told on the inside of the magazine, which I am very proud and uh, which I am very proud of and hope you all read. This sounds very much like someone who was telling their truth who was led to believe that they were in a safe space to tell their truth um, and have it disseminated in a mature, um, responsible fashion. And in the end, was kind of made to look like an angry black woman. Because we all know that the power of a headline alone on social media. Yep. This is nasty. And to be honest with you, there's been kind of a weird cloud over Rachel Lindsay and her honesty about the fuck shit that goes on in the Bachelor franchise. Um, because they were supposed to, you know, for their pocket, they were supposed to interview Matt James. Van Lathan has mm. been talking nonsense. He wants to interview Matt James so bad, and I can't blame him. And apparently... Someone came up at the last minute, probably the day of or the day or the night before, with this clause because uh, Rachel was for a former contestant and technically she's still on contract, um, and she can't do anything to conflict with that until some certain time. Yep. Um, which only means it, it was such a small clause that someone wanted one of this vi this really rabid fandom of theirs had to have caught on to that and put a monkey wrench in the situation at the last minute. Which only leads me to believe that, amazingly enough, I think Bachelor fans are probably as bad as, like, Rick and Morty fans. Hey, hey, watch your mouth. I, too, am a Rick and Morty fan, but our brethren are not, <laughs> are not bringing their best people. Yeah. <laughs> God, y'all leave Dan Harmon alone fuck's sake um star wars fans doctor who fans there's a lot of nasty fandom out there man there's a lot of nasty fandom uh so yeah i guess that's a good place to take a quick break we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery you are listening to sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting pour up oh, uh. I was asked to order dinner because apparently in this household we get hungry as a family. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Is we hungry, boss? <laughs> uh, 
are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And, and, and apparently we're hungry, too. <laughs> just That's that team spirit, bro. You got you to gotta just roll with it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it is time for... Oh, they canceled my order. Oh, shit. Anyway, continue. Don't you hate when that happens and, like, 30 <laughs> minutes goes by? You're like, what the fuck are these people? Uh, at least they didn't, they didn't wait that long. They were just like, nah, actually, we're not. Nah, bro. <laughs> not today. It is time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. Ooh, gotta love that tonality. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, white people have been fucking up a lot lately, man. Let me see what we got here. Derek Chauvin... Um, George Floyd's murderer uh, has been sentenced to 22 years in prison. There's a lot of backlash on this one. A lot of people feel like this isn't enough time. Mm. I, for one, feel like if justice is truly served, it does not matter the amount of time because I don't think, ideally, Derek Chauvin will live to complete the sentence. If he lives past the first year or two, he might stand a chance, but he's not gonna live, bruh. He is fresh meat in that motherfucker. Are you kidding me? They need to put him in gin pop and just just see what happens. A killer who's a cop. Mm. He is fresh fucking meat. And maybe it's and maybe it's because I just got through watching Out of Sight, you know, where Don Cheadle like shanks that shanks that white boy and just keeps it moving. Talking about he could fall on some, talking about that man could fall on something hard like a shiv or my dick. <laughs> you know, uh, John, Don Cheadle, man, flowers to Don Cheadle, bro. We do not give him his flowers often enough ever in the culture. Just randomly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. He done a lot of, he done a lot of good, funny shit. Uh, I don't understand why he hasn't done stand up. I'm sure he's funny. I'm sure of it. Uh, until he does it. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, until you're right. Yeah. You're right. We're talking that shit now. Yeah. Um, 22 years is... It, I think 22 years is more than long enough for someone to get an opportunity to stab him in the face. That is... Um, I mean, hey, you get know... This, get in this cell, hold Bill Cosby's pocket until we tell you to stop. All I, all I can say is put him in gin pop. And let's just let's just see what happens. Just, just see put, what happens. Just, hey, he's a regular person, just like everybody else in there. Let's just let's just see what keep, happens. Keep him in custody, but give give his rights over to Dana White. Damn, Dana White will figure out a way for you to get your ass whooped. Prison Island. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody Tyrone Woodley can beat up. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that's plenty of time for somebody for somebody to have the opportunity uh, to tear literally just shank him a new asshole. Damn. Um, uh, this week in Sean King news, who? Uh, wow. Sean King, aka Honky Kong. <laughs> um, Sean King's in trouble again. This time with uh, Tamir Rice's mother. I there's a there's a theme going on. With Black Lives Matter people or former Black Lives Matter people pissing Tamir Rice's mother off. I'm just saying, something to look at as we go forward. 
Uh, this from the New York Post. Yes, I brought up a New York Post article. I'm sorry. Mm. Tamir Rice's mom slammed Sean King in a scathing social media post, calling him a self-centered person who can't be trusted and, quote, a white man acting black. Uh, hmm. Welcome to the conversation, Mrs. Rice. Samaria Rice um, was apparently set off by King publishing details of a conversation they had after she previously blasted King and others accusing them of benefiting from the death of her 12-year-old son who was shot by Cleveland police while playing with a toy gun. Why do you think it's so important to tell folks we had a conversation, Rice wrote in an Instagram post addressed to King. Well, we talked and everything that was said was very toxic and uncomfortable for me to hear that you raised additional money and then say you did and, and then say you did not want to bother me. Uh-huh. Personally, I don't understand how you sleep at night. I never gave you permission to raise nothing. Along with the United States, you robbed me for the death of my son. Mm. Damn. Get his ass. Um this is very nice. Let's see. King had posted an episode of his podcast under the title, I Smoke I Spoke to Samario Rice this past week. But the episode appears to have been removed from his website. Good. Good. He just wants clicks. When you name your I hate people I don't want to get into what other podcasters do. I hate when you name your shit some clickbaity shit. That's some clickbaity shit, and he wasn't going to give anybody any fucking answers. He wasn't going to give anybody any answers. He was going to give everybody the diplomatic version. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to mess up his cash cow. Man, get the fuck out. Fuck Sean King, bro. Yeah. Trash. Defund Sean King. Let's do it. That cannot, no, that cannot be the name of this episode. Oh, okay. Advertisers. (laughs) Damn. Um... No, no. Um, full disclosure: we have to be very careful about the graphics for the episodes and the titles of the episodes because any little thing in Facebook will assume that I am a Russian bot. <laughs> I just had a fight with them this week, man. They they swore the 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 body slam in the parking gar- in, in the parking lot thing was not community standards. What? I, we, well, no, I I uh, I appealed it. And they let me make it. All right. They ran the ad- they ran the advertisements for like two days, and then cut it off again, saying that it was trying to subvert community standards. Oh man! What kind of shit? This is what happens when you let the see. We letting the algorithms rhythms run everything too too early. That's the problem because the algorithms run all this shit. I guarantee you that situation has not met human eyes. This is bullshit. I mean. Oh. Mark fucking up or Skynet or whatever they have him linked up to. Um, uh, what else is going on? Oh, um, an update on Nadria Tucker. Yeah. The, uh, the former writer for Superman Lois that got fired when she uh, brought up that they had some racial problems. Uh, this is according to her Twitter found out today that WB and Greg Berlanti are officially, definitively refusing to compensate me for my work and the poor treatment on Superman and Lois, despite their earlier claims of, of wanting to, quote, make this right. Mm. And there's a little gif of Charlemagne nodding his head, unsup- um, pretending to be shocked. Um, <laughs> I was just about to give that show another chance. BBC, shout out to BBC. 
BBC has been talking that you know that little group, the the comic group. Mm-hmm. He has been talking our ears off about how good Superman Lois is, and how it's like the best Superman thing to happen to television and movies or whatever. Wow. Um, well, I mean, look at the bar though. Let's be honest. Yeah, but that's still a lot of wow. Yeah, that's true too. Um, to happen in a while at least, and. I was really ready to go, well, if it's good, it's good. I will give it a shot. And then I read this shit. And this is how they treat their Jamals. Yes. yes. You had a Jamal. You had him. Had him right had there. Had her. You had a, you had a, and a black woman Jamal. Yeah. That's even better. And you fucked it up. The fuck is going? And, and this is what they're giving Greg Berlanti a fucking star on the Walk of Fame for. Mm. Yeah, all right, man. Um, one other thing I didn't put in the rundown, um, but I did figure you you would want to know as much as I did. Here we go. An update on Warren Ellis. Oh man, you remember you remember Warren Ellis was in that bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Image Comics is not fucking with him anymore. Oh. Image Comics will not fuck with Warren Ellis until he makes amends. Uh, this is according to Bleeding Cool. Uh, ben Temple Smith announced that he was returning to comics with Warren Ellis, finishing their long their long abandoned comic book Fell. Yeah, he did say he was bringing Fell back. Yeah. Um, as a graphic novel, there were consi- there were considerable negative responses from creators uh, and com and commentators concerning a series of multiple allegations of sexual harassment and grooming made against Ellis and exposed en masse less than a year ago. The So Many of Us website, which had collated 62 experiences from over 100 women, added a new statement to their front page stating that we call for openness, accountability, and growth, extending an offer of working with, uh, working with Ellis on some form of transformative justice. Since his public statement a year ago, to the knowledge of these authors, Ellis has not has still not taken direct responsibility for his destructive behavior, nor attempted to tackle the circumstances that allow such behavior to go unchecked both on and offline. For those of you that don't know who Warren Ellis is, Warren Ellis is easily one of the one of the biggest names in comic book writing. Yeah. There probably has been in the past twenty years plus. Um he has uh, a lot of you a lot of Netflix fans will know he wrote Castlevania. Um, which was just mm-hmm. is just on its last season. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren Ellis was recently outed by tons of women as uh, having coerced them, uh, ha- having coerced them into consent um, by promising to put them ahead, to put them ahead in their careers. This. this is nasty. From someone in a position of power and influence. God, I fell. I mean, I fell out so hard with a bunch of motherfuckers in BBC's group, dog. Like, this is peak nasty, and I don't understand how people don't see it. This is nasty. He's in a position of power. When you're in a position of power, ideally, you set the standard. Yep. And especially some of these women are super, were super young when it happened, so of course they were going to jump on the bandwagon. No matter what decision they made because you are the leader you are in a position of power and influence it's your responsibility to set the standard it's your responsibility to set the standard because their job isn't on the line yours is correct 
you are responsible for you. And part of being in a position of power is that you are also responsible for them and that maybe that's why you shouldn't be putting your dick where you work. This is nasty. Warren Ellis is one of my favorite writers ever, of all time, ever. Transmetropolitan is a transformative graphic novel that changed my life forever. But he is nasty for this shit. And he needs to be held accountable. And good, and good on Image Comics for not fucking with him until he takes full responsibility. Because that's where he's making most of his money is independent shit. Can, can we... How, how do we make dudes realize, like, it's okay to work without pulling your dick out? You don't have to pull your dick out at work! You don't have to fucking pull your dick out at that, that should have never even been an option to happen. It's gross. It's nasty. It's peak nasty. I, I just don't understand where that's. It's peak nasty, dog. It is. I'm just so confused, man. And Warren Ellis, like, somebody said it. Somebody actually said it in the group I was in. But they were like, Warren Ellis is too. Warren Ellis is old enough. He he should have just decided to settle down. Even he, I mean, he's a he's probably never gonna get married because no matter what you think of him now, he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, but he should have just decided to get married, settle down somewhere in the UK because when you're in this, and when you're this high up in the industry, it's not worth it. It's it's not. That's my biggest thing. It's not worth this shit. It really isn't. I'm I am I'm at the I'm in the chitlin circuit of podcasting. It ain't worth it to me. Do not put your dick where you live. Well, where you work. Don't put your dick where you work either. Yeah. I mean, it, depending on where you live, I mean No, I no, I, I go home to get away from people. I mean, what if what if you got somebody at home? Uh, Ideally, if I ever if, if I ever do start fucking with marriage, I want us to live in separate places. Interesting. I I I need to I need alone time. I need alone time. And and I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be jumping for joy when my spouse goes to the store. Oh shit, I can beat off now. No, I'm I'm not doing that. Separate places. Separate places you can have a key. You can come over. You're welcome here, but we we gotta have we also have to have separation time. This is gonna make an interesting discussion someday. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I just say it's gonna be an interesting discussion. That's that same. That's that same look your parents give you when they say, you know, one of these days, I want you, one of these days, you're gonna have kids that turn out just like you. <laughs> well, luckily my sister had kids. It turned out just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. 
Oh, man. Send your racist stories, send your racist real-life encounters along with your listener letters, questions for myself and D. Randall, or any of our guests. Please send those to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com, or you can log on to opinionswhileblack.com and find ways to get in touch with us, ways to listen to this podcast. We are sorry about the Spotify shit. Spotify is on some bullshit. Oh, man. Um, that was aggravating. They messed up our numbers, man. I'm not going to go into it, though. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Ways to li- get in touch with us. Ways to listen to this podcast. Our numbers are going to be about 25% off this month. Oh, my fucking. Yeah. And ways to buy merch. Yeah. Buy merch. <laughs> It'll Please make us buy feel better. It'll make us feel better. And y'all been buying a lot of motherfucking merch this weekend. Um, we'll be right back with your listener letters in the top three STFUs. You're listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. That's all right. I'm going to just mark it harder. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still soft today. Fucked up our numbers. Um, I work very hard on marketing this shit. Oh, go ahead. No, no, do you think? Do you think? In in one vote towards living in separate domiciles, option two for DoorDash was significantly more expensive (laughs) than option one. if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> try harder the next time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's a lot going on over here. We, we are back. Mm-hmm. We are black. We are opinionated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, I've been drinking straight for quite a while, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> um, it's paying is, a lot more for it. <laughs> Oh man, love and marriage, love and marriage. That show makes so much sense now. <laughs> Shit. Um. Oh man, it's time for your listener letters. Guys. Oh, we still got those. All right, we got listener letters. Let me take a sip. Uh, DJ Burn. Okay. Uh, longtime listener. Uh, what are your thoughts about the 150 plus? Houston hospital workers being fired or resigning over the COVID vaccine requirements the hospitals are implementing. Do you think do you think more people will follow suit in general over the requirement? And follow up question, uh, why do you think people are still against the vaccine? Mm. Mm. That's a that's a that's a out the gate. Man, just all right. Y'all forget we're y'all forget we're drunk on this podcast. Uh, so the first part was how do we feel about the 150 being laid off because of the vaccine requirement? I'm I'm presuming they got laid off because they were being required to take the vaccine and chose not to. Uh, I believe that is the gist of it. Here is my personal belief on the vaccine in general. One, I knew that was coming. Yeah, let me put that out there. When they started when they started doing this vaccine shit. We said very early on that eventually it was going to become a requirement. Yeah. In some workplaces. Go ahead. My, my opinion of this whole vaccine shit is, and I, I'm speaking as a person who is fully vaccinated, um, I still believe it is every person's right to decide whether or not they want to be vaccinated. And 
along with that, especially because in Texas we live in a right-to-work state. Right. Employers have employers have the ability to um, create the stipulations in which your employment can remain intact. And they, I mean, they, they have... I think this is one of those instances where they have a valid argument. I mean, you're, you are in an environment where people can theoretically become sick because of their proximity to you. Correct. And that's, that's understandable. I, I think it's unfortunate, though, that of, and, and, and my ignorance might be at play here when I say this, of all the things that, Employees, nurses, and, and other medical staff can bring into the hospital and, and expose patients to. I think it's unfortunate that this instance with COVID happens to be the one that, that drove that wedge. Again, the, the flu is prevalent, kills people every year. I know right. we've said that before. Yes. Um, there are a number of uh, transmittable diseases that they come in contact with that can potentially threaten people each year. It's just unfortunate that with all of the backlash that's already occurred with COVID and the ensuing vaccine, mm-hmm. that this is one of the casualties of it. Um, with that said, I, you know, I still support anyone's decision to not take the vaccine. I, I still do support that. Same. Um, in, in my case, it was a, it was a, a personal decision and a family decision. Um, mostly a family decision that we made um, that we felt would be in the best interest of our family and, and some of the more vulnerable members of the family. Um, it, 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 it really sucks that this is going to be a driving wedge. And one thing that I hope it does not result in is like a hard line between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Yeah, I am worried. I have, I have been worried about that. I, I don't want this to expand to a thing where they just start straight up saying you can't travel, you can't eat in certain places, you can't go to the grocery store. Like I, I really people don't want get very marginalized by yeah. this. Yeah, this. I, I really hope yeah. that this does not become like a scarlet letter situation. I agree. Where people are marked of it because of a pandemic that, by all accounts, has come and gone. You know. I mean, by a pandemic that they want, they want to declare it over so bad, mm-hmm. and you know, the numbers everywhere don't always support that. Yeah, um, there are whole countries that are in lockdown as yep. if it were last summer. Yep, and eventually, travel restrictions are going to line up with it. the u.s is going to line up travel restrictions where they can yeah and people are going to be going out of the country and people are going to be bringing shit back yeah and we don't want to be at square one and and i think it'll give rise to more nationalism it, for people who hate globalism yeah this is this has been the trojan horse this, say, this has been kind of their, this what been, they're afraid of yeah well this has been the goal. This has been their perfect opportunity to promote nationalism, close our borders, keep our people here, right, keep everything here. This has been right. a perfect time for them to to really extol that. And yeah. it, it, it kind of sucks. But That's going to be a little scary going what the, forward. What was the second part of the question? Um, why do you think people are still are afraid to get the vaccine? 
Well, I, I want to part of it. I want to blame on misinformation. Yeah. I want to blame part of part of it on misinformation and people don't know where they're getting their information from. Um, some people I, I was talking to somebody recently who was like, I want more data. I want to see more data as they go because she wants children mm-hmm. and she doesn't want anything to affect that. Yeah. At, at this point in her life. Understood. And, and quite frankly, there are just some people who are like, if I haven't needed it to this point, why do I need it now? Since you know, according to Texas and Georgia, Florida, it's over. yeah, it's it's it, well, shit. With Texas, it's been over. Yeah, was, <laughs> for like six months. Depending on who you ask, in Texas, it never started. It's been over. So it's again, it's one of those things, man. I, I wish it would not have become such a a dividing line, correct, between people. Um, but you know, it it is what it is. Look, it's the first time any of us. Alive have experienced something like this. Correct. And there's a lot that we've learned from it. I have a feeling if and when it happens again, it won't go down the same way. I, I think people are going to be more resistant. Like if this shit were to pop up again, let's say next year, mm. people would just be resistant right off the bat. They'd be like, nah, we're not going to no fucking lockdown. Right. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, we saw how this shit went down last time. Eat a dick. Yeah. We outside. Um, so that's scary. Um,. Tales to Enrage asks a, a question I should have asked last week for the anniversary episode. Has doing the show changed your drinking habits? Mm, yes. But I think my drinking habits have changed. Like, like outside, like regardless of the show, I think my drinking habits were going to change. Because anybody that knows me from my spoken word days will be able to tell you that I was a, I, I was a drunken, I was a lunatic. Like I was the fucking like, there. I was akin to like Hunter Thompson and Charles Bukowski because that's the kind of shit that I grew up on. Uh, early on, before I discovered Sonia Sanchez and people like that. So bringing that into the black, primarily black spoken word realm, was something that a lot, not a lot of people had seen before. I and and they let me fuck around and become a fucking rock star for five minutes. I was a lunatic, and after poetry, I was a fucking lunatic for a while. And honestly, I have calmed. This is me calm. This is calm, less drunken Oz. Yeah, who's learned some of the lessons and shit. Believe it or not, I actually drink a lot less now. Yeah. Prob- probably because of. Well, I mean, I say a lot of it has to do with age and 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 how I move around nowadays. But you know, for all intents and purposes, this is the only time I drink per week, ex- except for you know special circumstances. So, um, you know, it's definitely more controlled. Yeah, uh, much like Oz, I am. You know, I, I think I, I think about my birthday seven years ago where. You know, I had I had thirty drinks that night, and was still able to drive home and drop two people off. Could not do that today. <laughs> I don't even have to go that far. <laughs> the our first fiftieth episode meet and greet. Ooh, heard about it? I was I was late. The f- man, I I can't even tell all the details of that night. Uh, that was ridiculous. Um, I was I was embarrassingly drunk. 
I was embarrassingly drunk, but somehow was still representing the brand well. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I mean, everybody, I was surprised. I was like, oh, God, who did I say what to? But everybody was like, man, you were really cool. You stopped and talked to everybody. You shook everybody's hand. You were engaging. I was like, oh, God, I was wasted. Shit. Shit. <laughs> I talked to people? Oh, man, I was friendly? Fuck what the me? fuck? I was gone. Y'all don't understand. I got man. This is like, this is like an intervention. I'll never drink again. Oh, oh, I, I, that's the great black American lie. <laughs> Anybody who's ever said that shit is on some bullshit. Yeah. Be right back at it next week. Um, yeah, I, I I have to say this. I this is me calm. Like I drink sometimes Friday nights, but I have like a drink. Granted, I had a bad day at work this week and came home and promptly had three shots of Jameson. I did see that. Yeah, I saw that on on your story. Yes, you, you were you were having a day. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I, that, that custom that whenever you see that custom bottle that oh, says D Randall shit. with Jameson. Yeah, man. Yeah, I knew what time it was. Saw how glassy my eyes looked. Yes, too. I did. I don't know what I was looking at. Yeah, I was like, well, well, he at home. I don't know <laughs> He at home. If he's going to do it, I'm glad he's at home doing it. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Tales to Enrage. Thank you, um, uh, DJ Byrne. Opinions While Black is where you need to be. You want to get in touch with us. Opinionswhileblack.com or opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. Either of those are where you want to be uh, to get in touch with us. Um, uh, just hit us up on social media. You know, y- Y'all hit me up all the time. People hit me up all the time. Somebody, somebody made a joke. They were like, "Man, it seems like Oz's dating history sounds a little worse every episode." I'm, I'm telling the you, that, cake grease. There's gonna be there's gonna be a special episode where we just deep dive into that the whole time. Let's not. We need to bring up <laughs> special guests. <laughs> it's gonna be like a "This is your life" type shit. Like oh, we, shit. I, we we got to know, man. That's terrifying. Um, until then. It's time for the top three STFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Uh, We have a runner-up. Our runner-ups are always almost more interesting than the the main three. Uh, If my computer will page down. Uh, Runner-up is Robert Griffin III, RG3. Oh, goodness. Um, as I like to tell people, he got into a lot of trouble on social media because he was showing off his white wife. Um, and apparently, according to him, he she has some ass. Um, good for her. Good for you, I guess. Good for uh, if you know if said ass ever actually becomes visible. Good for her doing squats with no weights on the bar. With no weights on the fucking bar, like that was impressive. That woman looks like she could she could bench press a whole nigga. No weights on that fucking bar. The fuck? I, I like to tell everybody. I like to tell people this, and is the God's honest truth, is one of the cornerstones of life as a black man in America. Nobody gives a fuck about your white wife. Mm-mm. Nobody cares about your white wife. Shut the fuck up! No one. I don't care. I don't care. No one on Twitter cared. They just they just cared about an opportunity to drag you, and you gave it to them. 
Did anyone even ask him? No, no, hmm. no. And, 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 you know, it's our fault. We have to stop having such high expectations of people whose entire vocation circles circles around delivering blunt force trauma or being or having blunt force trauma delivered to them. Um, when CTE is an occupational hazard, yep. maybe we should just stop talking to you. Shut the fuck up! Number three is Wendy Williams. Um, uh, the, uh, the former auditionee of The Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, had some shit to say on her show. She started some shit with Carly Red about her, uh, alleged relationship with Lamar Odom, saying that she was, in fact, too old and dusty. Uh, the Love and Hip Hop star did not appreciate, uh, the Love and Hip Hop star did not appreciate being talked to this way by Goldar from Power Rangers. Yeah! And um, I always enjoy someone being called dusty. That's just like <laughs> right? that's all. That's a timeless insult. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, and uh, Carly Red, the Love and Hip Hop star, responded in kind, um, basically insinuating uh, to to watch her mouth because she definitely, according to her, has receipts of Wendy Williams uh, coking it up in Atlanta. Um. If you're gonna pick on a reality TV star, don't pick on the one with the biggest mouth, the one that the one who everybody complains about their business being told. You pick the wrong one or the right one for for our entertainment purposes. And she was like, "Look, if you want Lamar, just say so." Yeah. Um, and she also picked on DeBrat. Um, uh, she was picking on her about her coming out. Um, basically like, well, why didn't you tell me? Because it wasn't your fucking business. DeBrat was actually very calm about it. And, you know, she was like, I mean, uh, but of course you're attracted to me, right? You know, because I'm hot. DeBrat was like, no. Yeah. No, not even a little. You're fabulous. You know, you just great, great outfits. Uh, no, you're not my, not my type of hype. I mean, never mind that it, that it looks like um, she was one of like, Three virgins that sacrificed that sacrificed their soul to bring uh, the Dark Lord Sauron to this plane. Um, no, no one likes you like that, Wendy. This is this week, this past week, that and you picking on Gary Owen is all why nobody likes you. It, you are you are a stain on the undergarments of black journalism. Damn. Please shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Human skid mark. Uh. Human is overselling it. Number two is Kevin Samuels. Again? Yeah, the head narcissist in charge is back. Um, apparently, there is news going around that OnlyFans might be reaching out to other investors and that they may be trying to expand their brand uh, past adult entertainment. Makes sense. Uh, makes sense. You know, they want to be in the lane of, like, Patreon. You know, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um... Kevin Samuels remarked that uh, to all you you adult content creators, when OnlyFans is over, Subway will be hiring. This is why no one likes Kevin Samuels, because he is a mean-spirited, he is a mean-spirited piece of shit who just picks fights with people for no fucking reason. Especially fights with people who are more successful at doing what he thinks he's doing. Correct. Wow. 
They are making money hand over fucking fist. Why the fuck would they need to go to Subway? And who says that everyone that has an that has an OnlyFans account that has an OnlyFans uh, subscription is destitute? A lot of these motherfuckers had a lot of these motherfuckers got degrees and good jo- and had good jobs before the pandemic, or they still or they they still have good jobs and this pays more than that. This is coming from an overage YouTuber. When YouTube, guess what? When YouTube is over, Subway's still gonna be hiring your dumb ass. Well, that's why I hate this motherfucker. Well, maybe, maybe, possibly, possibly. I wouldn't hire anybody that looked like Squidward. Damn. Well dressed Squidward. Oh, you were a Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I I swear I'd call him to tell him I that I wasn't accepting his application while playing flashlight in the background. Damn. Um, this is why no one likes you, Kevin Samuels. Um, you seem to represent the worst of what the black incel red pill niggas <laughs> seem to take pleasure in. Like what somebody one of these niggas one of these days is going to explain to me in plain language what is so thrilling and exciting about about cutting black women off at the knees at every fucking opportunity you get. What did black women do to you? You know what you know what it doesn't matter what black women did to you. If you can't join them, beat them. <laughs> This is why I hate this motherfucker. Like, why does he think the community needs this kind of shit? And then they always hit you with, oh, they can't handle, women can't handle men being honest. Even if that was honesty and not just mean-spirited bitterness the way you perceive it. Honesty without compassion, honesty without, without caring and concern is brutality. Period. Y'all are just mean-spirited, cutting people off at the knees the way you feel like you've been cut off. You incel motherfuckers have to stop. This is why I hate these motherfuckers. This is why I scream from the rooftops, fuck Kevin Samuels, die in a fucking fire. It's the first time I've ever said on air that I believe the world would be a better place without this motherfucker if he just accidentally fell down the fucking stairs. Fuck this nigga. Honestly, fuck this nigga. Let's go. Fuck this nigga with an unclean with an unclean aluminum dildo. Fuck you. Be going, son. Suck my fucking dick, Kevin Samuels. You are the worst nigga in the world. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> my God, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga, man? Like honestly, I want I really want somebody to write into this program and explain to me what the fuck is wrong with this nigga and and why these niggas love him so much. This is your king? God damn. And the number one person who should shut the fuck up is Trick Daddy. We told y'all. We told y'all to stop fucking with the hive. Leave these people alone. Stop fucking with the hive, bro. Trick Daddy was running it was running his um what passes for a mouth on Clubhouse. And got to talking shit about Beyonce to said that Beyonce couldn't sing and that Jay-Z does not deserve to be called the greatest rapper alive. I don't know who it was that called him the greatest rapper alive, but um, just basically uh, trolling the hive. 
Beyonce can't sing and this, that, and the third. Um, one thing I have to make very clear. Actually, no, I'm going to go back to that. Um, the Hive responded in kind and dragged him uh, as he deserved to be dragged as um, a living corpse who has been carried on Trina's back for the better part of 30 years. I mean, he's quite literally a living corpse. I mean, his ex-wife is just keeping him animated for divorce settlement purposes. That's that's the hard truth. Um, they dragged him and they went so far as to uh, trolling his the the Yelp and Google reviews on his uh, his uh, his soul food restaurant in Miami, giving it one and two stars, and leaving leaving reviews like this was this is the clever part. Um, the food is trash, the service is trash, but the lemonade is delicious. Mm. And they leave little bee emojis. Um, so that was pretty hilarious. And some people are like, oh my God, they've gone too far. They've gone too far. Oh, the hive, the hive. Listen, tell your nigga to quit poking the bear. We all know the hive. This is what, this is what I hate about the anti-Beyonce people. Two reasons. One reason. First, they always go, well, doesn't, well doesn't, doesn't he have the right to his opinion? You absolutely do. In this country, you have the right to say whatever the fuck you feel like on your mind. The problem with that is the people who don't agree with you have the right to speak their mind, too, and respond in kind. Mm-hmm. And, if that, and, and if that means that they see you for the shriveled up California raisin you are, uh, then fuck it. Trick Daddy is a cautionary tale because he and I are the same age. And he is a constant reminder that I need to continue taking care of myself. Because, God damn, he looks... I don't know how he gets out of bed in the morning. He looks like a preserved mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other thing that, that upsets me about this is this whole, uh, is this whole thing where, first of all, now you, now you have a pattern. Now we have a pattern of a nigga who shits on black women at every turn... When nobody asked for it, it wasn't like he was uh, he was doing an interview and they asked him his opinion. He was on Clubhouse talking shit, screaming one mic with everybody else. He was just somewhere talking shit, and he feels like he shouldn't be held accountable for the shit he said. Or other niggas feel like he shouldn't be held accountable for the shit he said. Well, he has a right to his opinion. Nobody's above critique. That wasn't a critique. Beyonce can't say Beyonce can't say Beyonce is trash is not a critique. That's him talking shit. Even if you believe that, and even if that were true, they have the same right to clap back on your ass. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying. And no critique is above critique. You know? And and this whole whole notion of... It it represents everything I hate about the anti-Beyonce people. The anti-Beyonce people are obsessed. The anti-Beyonce people are more insufferable than they say the Beyonce people are. Because they just barge into any conversation about Beyonce and just want to shit all over. If people are enjoying themselves, shut the fuck up and let them. They ain't got shit to do with you. You don't make any money off of that. Let let people be happy about things that they enjoy. Let whether people, you like it or not. Exactly. I hate a lot of shit. You know how I rectify that? By never consuming it. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it because it was jokes and this is my podcast, but 
I don't fuck with Soldier Boy. You know how I, you know how I alleviate not fucking with Soldier Boy? I don't fuck with Soldier Boy. It's pretty easy to do. I you know I I didn't like Empire the first two episodes. You know how I alleviate that? I never watched it again, and I never talked about it again. I never watched an episode. I watched the last few episodes of Power, and it was terrible. You know how I alleviate that? By never watching these stupid spinoffs, you know, Fifty Cent got a then come he got another spinoff, Raising Canaan, where we get to see the origin story of his character as a little boy. Who gives a fuck about anyway? People trick, who watch Power, people who watch Power. Hey, I mean, look with Omar Epps washed ass in there. Marvel has a cinematic universe. Let let Fifty have his <laughs> Power verse. <laughs> I've, oh. I've never watched an episode of any of them. The ghetto soap opera cinematic universe. Uh, yeah, it's shut the fuck up. Honestly, Trick got to shut the fuck up all the way the fuck up. Fuck Trick Daddy, really. My, I, I mean that with every fiber of my being. I'm down for it. This is I, when I say this nigga. This nigga too old to be on loving hip hop, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> He's my age, so I know he is. That's saying a lot considering Benzino no neck asses on what used to be on there. Damn. And he's not even on there anymore. Uh, just find something to do. Find something to do. Keep riding Trina's coattails and shut the fuck up. Mm. D. Randall, have we done a podcast? Oh, we have. Church announcements. Church announcements, everybody. Uh, we're not going to be here next week. Correct. Correct? That is correct. We're not going to be here next week. Randall has a project to, Randall has a project to work on. Uh, this man is uh, in the process of being the hardest working man in show business. Um, I have to get back to pretending to be a writer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's time. It's time. <laughs> um, got other things going on. Uh, also, I think we've earned a break. Yeah. We, we go pretty hard nonstop. Yeah. We go pretty hard. And I have to say. Um, I am very impressed with our consistency. I'm always say that. I can't remember the last time we missed a week. The freeze. Oh yeah. I mean, no, no, that- no. We didn't miss the. We didn't. It, it. The blackout shit happened, and it was all rectified by like Friday. You're right. And we were back on it. You're right. <laughs> My father's passing actually in January. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. Makes, yeah. That makes sense. Wow. And I only took a week off. Yeah, I only took a week off. It's crazy. And that's and I'm not trying to work myself to death, but consistency matters. Um on that same note before I go, shout out to Lala of Play No Games Podcast. Play No Games Podcast has returned. She was going uh she was she she did her return episode. She's very open. She's been going through some shit. Um she has seen she has turned the corner and she is ready to get back to podding. Mm. Uh, with her and her struggle cup and giving y'all some real inspirational shit, man. What's in the struggle cup? I, I We're not allowed to know. Okay. We're not allowed to know what's in the struggle cup, but the struggle cup was telling a lot of truth in like a 40-minute episode. <laughs> it is my mission to find out. <laughs> uh, also, she's looking for a co-host, so if any of y'all are up for that uh, and you live in the Houston area, or maybe if you don't live in the Houston area, I don't know what her requirements are. Um, find her on the Twitters, uh, Lala Speaks, Lala underscore Speaks, Play No Games Pod, all that shit. Uh, shout out to her; she always supports us, so we always support her. Yep. 
Um, Church announcements, D. Randall, any? Nah. In that case, uh, we'll be back a uh, week after next with more foolishness and fuckery. Yes. Refreshed and ready to pod. Until then, this has been episode 144 of Opinions Wild Black Podcast. I have been Oz. Still D. Randall for now. As always, forever imparting titties. Yes. God, I love this podcast. Thank you.